It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Security Token Show. We're your hosts. I'm Herwig Konings. This is Kyle Sondland. What up, what up? And we are here in sunny Miami, Florida, ready to give you the latest and greatest in the security token world. But before we dive into that, we want to thank our sponsor, which this week is Fairchild Acquisitions. You may know Sam Grossman. He works with the Invenium team, and he's also a property developer. He's got a few properties on a crew. They're fundraising. They've tokenized, and he knows everything about the realities of bringing a real estate property to tokenization. So thank you, Sam, for all the work you do for the industry and sponsoring the show. And with that, let's get right into it. And kicking off our top five headlines this week, we're starting with the Mauritius Block Exchange. They are launching the BEX. This is a licensed trading security system that is coming to the jurisdiction of Mauritius to offer 24-7 trading for security tokens and digital securities specifically. This is really exciting, leveraging new technology. They're trying to bring down fees to make it accessible for anybody. Shout out to the BEX. Yet another venue for security tokens. Gotta love it, Kyle. And for number four, folks, we've got Kojute, uh, which is actually out of the UK, raising $5 million, 4 million pounds, uh, and for their blockchain workflow software, folks. So this is specifically tracking property transactions and making it a more transparent process for all the different stakeholders involved and obviously very useful blockchain data that we might be able to tie to security tokens. And in the number three, another real estate platform, this time Homebase, successfully not only launching their platform, but bringing a real estate property to market and selling out in the first two weeks. That is Homebase's new property in McAllen, Texas. It's their first one, and it was successful on the Solana blockchain, raising $235,000 through an offering, and they're doing all of their rental distributions on-chain using USDC. This is an exciting opportunity, and they're only starting from here. Powerful stuff. Proud to call them an STM client. And moving on to number two, we've got big news. Specifically, we found out that uh, the head of digital assets at Goldman Sachs has officially said that they believe they are not allowed to issue on a public blockchain. So all of their tokenization efforts are on their own private blockchains. He says that JP Morgan and all the other major banks, they will also do the same thing, which is funny because at the same time, we see a major Fortune 100, I think, company, Siemens in Germany, issuing a bond to $60 million worth or 60 million euros worth. Uh, and they did that on Polygon, which is a public blockchain, and they cited a lot of benefits as a result. So we're going to continue to see a very interesting evolution between private versus block public blockchains for sure. Yet again, U.S. capital markets showing some resistance to the open border systems that the rest of the world is taking advantage of. Time will tell where the benefits lie. And in the number one, our biggest headline of the week, the thing that you cannot miss, you need to know, 
A tokenized Reg A Plus has been approved, this time from Freeport. They are doing a blockchain-based crowdfund for four different Andy Warhol painting prints, specifically the Maryland one we've all seen before, and a few other ones. They're going to be fractionalizing the ownership into the real art pieces themselves through a Reg A Plus that will be tokenized, and they're selling that in tranches. So this is a new tokenized Reg A Plus for approval, the first one we've seen since Exodus. This is big news, exciting awesome. stuff. Very, very exciting. And with that, let's get into the rest of the show, heading over to Peter Gaffney with the Institutional Update. Welcome back to the institutional coverage of the show. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors. A lot of action coming out of City's 10th annual Digital Money Symposium in London this past week. Much of this came from one of City's fintech leaders, Roni Ghost, who mentioned there could be $5 trillion worth of central bank digital currencies, CBDC, circulating by the end of the decade, let's call it 2030. This is pretty much a hot topic considering there's heavy debate and ideation among CBDC versus stable coins versus deposit tokens and even money market funds and similar on-chain fiat substitute. But more importantly to me, City pegs tokenization as the killer use case for blockchain tech, even estimating that tokenization uh, could grow by a factor of 80x in private markets and reach up to almost $4 trillion in value by 2030. There we go, end of decade. It's not the first time we've heard the phrase killer app for blockchain from an institution about tokenization, right? Just look at what JP Morgan and Black, BlackRock have been saying for some time now. Looking at another banking trailblazer in the tokenization space, Goldman Sachs head of digital assets, Matthew McDermott, noted that most banks, pretty much all banks in the United States, won't even be able to issue or utilize public blockchains to the full extent, at least not for the foreseeable future. It makes sense. Banks need to have some control over their underlying plumbing, infrastructure side, settlement side, and therefore private blockchains are more suitable than public. And this is where the community gets pretty split. So I personally see value adds and benefits on both sides of the coin, public chains for investable product issuance through regulated partners and broken dealers, transfer agents, issuance platforms, whatever. And private chains for more exclusive operational cases like high volume collateral swaps, which doesn't require, does not require a wide range of user access. It could literally be made for peer-to-peer -peer banking purposes. Right? You don't need a full investor base for that. But many people like to downgrade the private chain usage stating it does nothing to benefit new clients or new prospects, whatever. I disagree. Look at Union Investment. Subscribe to European Investment Bank's entire 100 million euro digital bond issuance in 2021. So Christoph Hawk, who led much of Union's initiative on that, quoted 15 basis points in savings that got passed through to Union as the sole investor. I mean, these same savings can be passed through to essentially any clients of the buying party, which in the future could be wealth managers, could be asset managers, could be private banking groups alike, and anyone, any groups that are in at least. So seeing these savings is how larger scale managers can begin to make the case to target lower level investors and like a creds and retail. So this is kind of where we're getting to. And keep in mind that 15 bits was a proof of concept product, which means when we see this rolled out on a a greater, you know, a full-scale product rollout will probably see greater savings and on issue sizes much larger than 100 million euros. So no, I don't think all is lost on the private blockchain side and we can see how that kind of moves forward. McDermott from Goldman even states the ability to use public chains, namely scalable layer twos, 
for kind of high velocity and cheaper transacting while eventually settling down on private networks at the end of the day. So that's something to explore, something for STA to add to its repertoire when it comes to looking at product cases, operational cases, and infrastructure cases. So that's all for today's institutional updates. Let's see what Jason Barraza is bringing to us in the market update front. Hello and welcome to the market update. My name is Jason Barraza and this week is full of headlines. First and foremost, the market has edged down slightly as the total trading security token market cap is $15.66 billion. The Central Bank of United Arab Emirates and the Reserve Bank of India signed a memorandum of understanding to enhance cooperation and jointly enable innovation in financial products and services. Under the MOU, the two central banks will collaborate on various emerging areas of fintech, especially central bank digital currencies or CBDCs, and explore interoperability. On March 29th, STA client and NFT startup Freeport announced it had passed a Reg A review by the SEC to launch its blockchain platform of crowd ownership of a four-piece collection of Andy Warhol prints. Each piece consists of 10,000 shares with a minimum purchase of 10 per individual, allowing a maximum of 1,000 individuals to own a piece of Warhol art. As told by Freeport, the SEC clearance allows retail investors to gain fractional ownership in the fine arts market, which is typically exclusive to high net worth individuals due to pricing. And last but not least, BEX Mauritius Block Exchange announced that the Financial Services Commission, or FSC, certified that the exchange has been issued a trading securities system license. BEX is now open for business and ready to onboard exciting new and established companies with a simple listing process to access the global capital markets. New issuers on BEX get their shares traded as security tokens on a regulated security token trading platform with no custody fees, low trading fees, low listing fees, and unlimited 24-7 trading without intermediaries. Now that's all for now. But have an amazing rest of your week, and we will see you next Monday. And diving into our main topic this week, we're talking about Korea, specifically South Korea, and how they're building some serious security token working groups with some of the largest firms in the industry. Isn't that right, Herwin? Absolutely. We saw just a few months ago, the South Korean government released a framework that they have put out for security tokens, something that we have seen here in the United States, something that we would like to see. And we see many other governments that have already progressively put out security token industries, if you will, with you know similar frameworks. So totally. it's fantastic to see South Korea put out those guidelines. And as a result, I think we identified five yes. uh, different alliances between different investment banks and players formed specifically for security tokens. So let's dive into that, Kyle. So before we dive into the specifics of what these coalitions are or what firms are involved, I just want to talk for a second about why you'd even want to be a part of a coalition like this and why it's important. It's a great idea, right? So the reason that these firms do this is because we'll start with the small MVP of building consulting groups or consortiums. And the, the idea here is that they're just doing research on the different applications of these vehicles and then essentially sharing notes between other firms. Maybe this is because they want to collaborate on an issuance together or maybe because they have to, because one firm is good at one thing or licensed for one part of the process. Another firm down the line is licensed at a different part of the process. And so they all need to make sure they're aligned on the life cycle of the asset around the process 
processes that are happening, and most importantly, why they're even doing this. There's probably risk factors involved, of course, with any new technology. So we got to figure out what's the reward to balance out for that potential risk or the operational you know, differences that are going to be coming from this. But the real exciting piece and the reason why I think that you see these groups forming is we've seen them actually form in Japan before, the yep. JSTA and other memberships as well. And as in the U.S., we see it all the time with broker co-syndication networks. And really what this is, is you get a large batch of firms that all can contribute liquidity into the system. Liquidity is something that we talk about all the time here on these shows because it's the holy grail. If these things can trade and they can show that they are trading, that's what's really going to drive adoption. But the unfortunate reality at this point and really just in general is that liquidity doesn't really happen organically on its own unless it's lightning in a bottle. And so the best way to build liquidity for a financial system is to get liquidity providers, is to get underwriters, is to get market makers involved. And you need to sell them on these realities, on these ideas, and get them excited about the opportunity. And that's really what these consortium groups begin to build is that scaffolding to convince the rest of the financial services providers to get on board. Yeah, I, I think that's a great explanation. It's very interesting where in South Korea it was a little bit of, uh, unlike other countries where there was an active technology scene that was developing around security tokens because it was a little gray area, South Korea was just sort of outright no tokenization happening whatsoever. So suddenly green light, the rules are released so you see overnight a whole bunch of different groups say, hey, we're going to come together and start trialing this stuff. And there's just a whole lot of, you know, financial activities you can't really do without a counterparty, right, uh, Kyle? So, of course, they're going to team up and start partnering up and creating these ecosystems, if you will, probably making maybe their own technology as a part of this process with the idea that they'll probably then commercialize that in the future. We saw the same exact thing in Japan as far as actually self-regulation, Kyle. Uh, so maybe we even see something here too. Uh, but at the end of the day, right now, you put it very well. It's all about trialing the technology, working it out, putting in the rails, if you will, for tokenization to happen in South Korea. So what was the headlining coalition that, that you were looking at that you saw from the articles that we well, were doing research on? Out of the five, all very cool, uh, you know, consortiums, coalitions, alliances, whatever you want to name them, right? I went with Next Finance Initiative, uh, which is actually by Murray Asset Securities and SK Telecom, which Murray is one of the biggest investment banks in South Korea, in the world. Uh, and also, SK Telecom is a major, major telecommunications company in uh, South Korea. So they, the huge, the biggest industry with Samsung and a bunch of these other layers. There. Massive, right? These are multi-billion-dollar companies, folks. So this is a mega alliance, uh, and in this case, the they're going to do what they do best, right? So the telecom company is going to build the blockchain, the operations, managing the hardware, the data stuff, while. Murray, they work on what they do best themselves, which is asset management, ETFs, all kinds of other stuff, uh, of course, in the finance world. So together, they're going to trial out this technology. They're going to have a vast amount of resources, partners, uh, and trials ahead, I'm sure. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot coming out of that, especially with the expectation that there probably will be other partners that join as well. Uh, and they mentioned that they believe that they will probably expand internationally 
uh, after they first, you know, figure it out for themselves right. at home. Right, totally right. And the other one that I wanted to highlight, just because I think it's fun, not only to talk about the financial aspect and the corporate structures and the capitalist incentives here, we've got the Korea Investments and Friends group. This is a working group between Korea Investment and Securities Limited, as well as Kakao Bank and Toss Bank. They're building another co-working initiative. You've got plenty of other cooperatives that we didn't mention here, including some of the, the larger national banks in Korea. Everyone's getting involved because the technology reduces the cost of capital. So of course, all these banks are going to want to use the technology. It's amazing to see South Korea just come onto the scene like that uh, this year. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of uh, results and trial announcements in the coming weeks from all of these different uh, consortiums. So with that, Kyle, I think we can head on over to end the show with our companies of the week. And to close out our show here, we're diving into the companies of the week. You know the segment. This is where Herwig and I pick our two biggest companies. We wanted to give a specific highlight for doing something incredible in this space. Herwig, how about you lead us off with yours for 182? Well, this one was easy for me, Kyle. Uh, it's got to go to Freeport. Uh, first Reg A plus offering that's tokenized since Exodus. This is the real deal. First one for art. Uh, the Andy Warhol, it's got a special place uh, to us because Freeport is actually a security token advisor's client, uh, Kyle. So we actually were able to help them uh, with some of this stuff. And so very exciting to see this. In fact, I actually have uh, one of the Marilyn Monroe sort of like posters and blue, not the pink that they're selling, uh, literally at home. Uh, so it's lovely to see that this is actually now getting tokenized. People can enable a piece of it. The fact that they're such a landmark, marquee piece of art, going to get a lot of attention and they've done it right uh, by getting that SEC approval for that Reg A plus offer. So for those reasons, Kyle, I got to give it to Freeport. Very, very cool stuff. I think it makes sense. A tokenized Reg A plus, this is what everybody talks about on, on trying to get the approvals for this. And cool to see that the SEC is still cool with, with these types of deals going live because Maybe. it's a arduous process. Maybe we'll see many more soon. But uh, with that, what do you got? I think I got to give it to Kojuke, which is the UK-based company looking to do data transfers and interactions for real estate properties and for the, the management of all of those tools. I think it's wonderful technology. It's a great and needed service in the market. And they successfully fundraised nearly $5 million in order to bring the product to market. Major shout out to them. That's awesome. That's a great choice, Kyle. And so with that, that's our Companies of the Week. That's our show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you've got questions, thoughts, feedback, we would love to hear it. Kyle and I are available on Twitter, LinkedIn. We're everywhere, of course. Check out Security Token Market as well. We've got a lot of other cool stuff on YouTube, stn.co for all of the latest news, uh, as well as, of course, the data and everything else you need for security tokens. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. Happy tokenizing. Happy tokenizing.